welcome to the GK for Free podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking to co-host Will Marshall. Enjoy. If you get in your if you get in your head that you can you want to do something, who cares how many people tell you you can't? Keep doing it until until either you do it or it's just impossible and you found out that it's impossible. Right. Don't we never leave that. Don't actually. leave that opportunity hanging. Yeah. Uh, to clarify, I mean, I mean, I, I assume people know this by now, but like, I'm only five seven. Like, that's a that's a, a detail that we yeah, left out. I think out that's an important an important one to put in. Maybe we'll flash that on the screen or something. Yeah, that should be like periodically. Yeah, because. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole other. Uh, GK for Free podcast is part of our movement, the GK for Free movement, to um, create the best free goalkeeping uh, content on the internet. And uh, we are slowly making our way towards that. Yeah. Uh, you got to have, you got to yeah. have big goals. Got to have big goals yeah. if you want to get anything done in life. Thanks to Aviata Sports. Obviously, there are our number one sponsor, and they help us to keep this 100% free for everybody out there. So today, very special, very special day, yeah, completely unique. Special day. Uh, uh-huh. You know, in terms of what we've done so far, uh, we've kind of used most of the podcast either to have a guest on, um, you know, with some goalkeeper experience, whether that's coaching or, or playing and interview them, or we've kind of gone through, um, you know, topics in goalkeeping keep, from technique to tactics um i won't run down through all that we've done so far but go back and take a look if you've missed anything uh, we've got kind of gone through all the basics of technique and we've started talking about some of the tactical stuff uh that's important to, to the position so go back check that out kind of my idea to sort of kind of wrap things up as we head into the end of the year and um kind of let everybody out there sort of hear our stories um so this week we're going to dedicate the entire podcast to our co-host will marshall and uh and his and his journey uh, as a goalkeeper and, and a goalkeeping coach uh, and, and as a, just a human being in general. Yeah. Um, so before I let, before we get into it, I'll, I'll just kind of give my, my background with Will. Uh, I've known him since he was 13 or 14 years old uh, when I showed up to do a, a session for um, a kind of a partner club of, of youth club in the area. And uh, I got to work with Will for the first time. And I think I, sort of pitched you towards coming and doing our goalkeeper academy program because I saw yeah. that you know there were, you you were there and another goalkeeper was there uh, who I thought were pretty talented and had some potential and then uh, that was sort of that was sort of the beginning of what you see today and everything yeah, that's happened now. in between look at us now um yeah and so Will went on and we'll get into his story to to go on to play college soccer and, and while he was in college and, and then uh, doing that now, but has done certainly a lot more cool things than that, and that's what we'll get into a little bit today. So, sure, sure. You ready, Will? Will, where are you from? What's your, where'd you grow up? So, so I'm from North Versailles, Pennsylvania, which is 10 miles east of Pittsburgh. Um, and so I went to East Allegheny High School, went to EA my entire life, uh, and so then played. So start, I guess, starting out with soccer. I mean, like every other child out there I played soccer at the age of like three years old and just you know went from kinder kickers into you know just worked my way up and I didn't go in the net until I think I was 10 and it was in like a rec game and uh you know at that time no one's a keeper everyone just kind of like some kids are good at it and some kids just try it for the first time that's what I did and I was really good at Mm -hmm. two things and it was catching the ball when it was hit straight at me 
and I could punt the ball really far. That was it. Mm-hmm. And so from there, um, we had a, there was a travel team. I mean, most soccer associations have travel teams, but I mean, ours was the EA Tornadoes. And at the time, mm-hmm. I had some friends that played on the team, but I didn't know. I, I mean, I don't know. It never occurred to me to want to do that. And then after that one season where I could catch the ball, I thought, oh, maybe I'm, I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I should see, see what happens. So I went to the tryouts, made the team. So, you know, that's like the first real, I guess, taste of competitive soccer. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's travel. In, in East Allegheny, uh, it ends at age 12. So once you get to okay. junior high and other places, it's not like that. It's you play travel through junior high um, and then you yeah. stop in high school. But um, so, yeah, so then, you know, moving on to. Just to inter- I'm just going to interrupt real quick, just because if, if people are watching this or listening to this that are outside of the, because all this stuff confused me when I first moved to Pittsburgh, like the yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and all of Western Pennsylvania, they have their own very unique, uh, just like everything else, you know, Western Pennsylvania have their unique names for everything and, and soccer oh, yeah. is included in that. So like uh, when, we're, when Will says travel soccer, uh, Pittsburgh's unique in that they've got this sort of, um, and they do this with all sports, like it's in between, sort of in between rec soccer, like a local in-house rec soccer and yeah. uh, like, a, like what, what most people call like a club, club team. Um, so these sort of step in between, it's, it's kind of like rec, it's your youth, your locals usually tied into the school district in terms mm-hmm. of like the name of your team and, and all that. And, and they'll go around and play the other teams in the area. So Pittsburgh's unique that way because they have you kind of get tied into your school, your high school group from a very early mm-hmm. age that's in yeah. your community. Because Pittsburgh's very community based. It's, it's, it's like as a clan type culture, it's, it's completely unique that way in a lot of other places in the U.S. So uh, just throwing that out so you have an understanding for that. And then um, it, they'll also call club soccer for some reason in Pittsburgh. It's called – or Western Pennsylvania, they call that cup soccer, which I was yeah, also I was confused gonna, about when yeah, I came I here. So that. so that should hopefully give a little bit of – if you throw these things around so people have a little bit more of an understanding. So yeah, Sorry, that, go. No, that's a good point because, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't know that, obviously. I mean, I know cup yeah. soccer is weird. I don't know why where that comes from. It's really weird to yeah. me now that that's what people refer to it as. But um, – that being said, so I, I, I tried out for my first cup club team uh, yeah. in seventh, seventh grade. I was 13. And uh, that, it was in the winter. And that was when um, I first started playing club for Allegheny Force Football Club based out of Monroeville and kind of Murraysville, sort of. Um, and uh, I was the only keeper on the team for pretty much the whole time. I played for the same club all five years. Uh, and then, you know, I was, there was another keeper that joined our team when I was 17, we had merged with the age group older than us. He was already committed to a school. So I still got the majority of the playing time. And I mean, that was, it's so weird to have to like break down high school and clubs side by side because they both happened at the exact same time, but one was just in the fall, one was in the spring. And I I think they're both equally important uh, just to, to how I, my whole stuff came about, you know, with EA, uh, which is the high school I went to, uh, has a very strong soccer history. Um, back in the nineties, they won like 10 straight section titles, uh, two Whitfield titles, which is, I guess, Western Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic League, uh, about, well, I guess it's not half the state, but it's 
whatever. One yeah, another seven. another strange another strange Pennsylvania thing. Instead of just yeah. having a state championship run, you have to be the you have to win the the Western Pennsylvania, yeah. which is separate then, from the actual state playoffs. So I don't, I, it's just a strange place. But go ahead. Yeah, I I never made it to Beautif- beautifully uh, strange. Yeah, to Whitfields or anything, so I wouldn't know about any of that. But um, so going into high school. You know, I was when I was coming up to be a freshman. Um, there were a couple. There was two keepers that were juniors, and um, this is this is an important turning point in my soccer career. Was this this year, these two years, and so there was a lot of. I mean, people knew that I was an up up and coming keeper. Um, and I guess some people put it into my head that I was going to play, and I had a good chance to play. And I mean, I don't know. I never had to compete for anything before at the time, and I mean. It, I was 14. So, I mean, early, it was a, it was a good time to yeah. do it, to get that done with. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, come into high school and I was not ready. And I was the fitness tests and all that stuff. And I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thing in itself, but I mean, running two miles, I'd never run two miles before. And I was, I was wrecked for, for a long time. And so I didn't, I didn't play. I sat on the bench my entire freshman year and uh, it was, it was pretty demoralizing at the time. And, but it was never like, oh, I'm, I'm done with playing soccer. You know, it was just what, how do I, how do I sort this out? And so coming back the next year and that, that sitting on the bench that like lit a fire, you know, under me. And so I came back the next year, knew it, knowing what I had to do. And uh, I won the starting position over a senior and um, we had a playoff run and it was good. And, and I mean, that was just a, I always look back at that because that was like a, it taught me how to, I don't know how to want to compete and how to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the most important thing is that it worked, you know, is that I, yeah. I did, I worked really, really hard and I got the result. Had I, sat, yeah, you see, you had a, you saw, you saw an objective or you, you set a goal for yourself. You worked really hard to accomplish that goal. And then you had success doing that. Right. Right. And I mean, I don't know, maybe it would have been different if I still would have not played. I don't know. I, I mean, I'll mm-hmm. never know, but I mean, it, it, it yeah. worked. And so that was, you know, at, at the time, I, that was, I learned how to compete and I learned how to work hard. And I mean, that was, I, I always like to look back at that as something that kind of was like a catalyst to, uh, you know, where I, I ended up now. So um, now was that, was that around the same time or was that before that you, you met me and started training with us or this would have been before it was right before. Um, Cause that okay. was my sophomore year. So I was turning 16 that fall. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to say it might've been right after that season that I, that I, we, that session happened in Murrayville where I met you. And then I, I think okay. I started at the Academy in the bubble, um, after that. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, what's next? Where do we go from here? What's next? Oh, uh, well, that's perfect. Yeah. No, that's a perfect little break. Cause that, you know, that's. So, so how did your, I guess, how'd the end of your youth career go like high school and mm. yeah, how'd that finish yeah, yeah. up? What did, what did college, what were you kind of looking for in terms of playing in college? What were your expectations um, kind of before the college happened? What did you, what were you trying, what were you going for? Um, how did that all go down? So I didn't know I wanted to play in college until after that sophomore season in high school. Uh, that was, mm. that was when I knew that like soccer was, was it for me? Um, I mean, I didn't play any other sports anyway, but um, yeah. So that was when I that I, I knew for sure. And so then, 
it was a, lo- a long period of time where I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you know, they, mm-hmm. we went to combines with my club team and, you know, it wasn't anything that was like a ton of exposure, I guess. Like we went to um, a place called the Spire Institute, which is, it's in North in Ohio. It's pretty, pretty close to the lakes. I'm pretty sure. And um, a lot of, I mean, it was, it was a lot of schools from that area. And um, so you know, you go to those things and they tell you, oh, email a coach. And I wasn't really getting anything. Uh, yeah. No real contact or replies to these emails or anything like that. And I think probably around that time, I had asked you what, you know, what you thought. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, this is where my good memory comes into play. Cause I, I have, <laughs> I've, I remember all of it and I have the emails still. Um, okay. But you Gosh. told me something like um, that I had, I definitely had division one ability from the way that I trained. Um, but you, that wasn't you necessarily saying that I could go to a division one school and play right away. I'm pretty sure that was, mm-hmm. that was the, what you had told me initially. And so at that point I was like, Oh, okay. Well then that, I mean, that was, it really gave me an idea of what I could shoot for because I really didn't know at all. And mm-hmm. so then from there, I think, I mean, you were the, the keeper coach at Pitt at the time, and I think I had expressed interest in Pitt. I, I think I went to a, a camp maybe around the time that I just started in the, in the goalkeeper academy. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, those things go the way they go. And uh, you had said that they were full. You know, there was already somebody. Yeah, we just did. I don't think we just didn't have a roster spot. Right. We had, right. One, we had Dan, Braden, and – uh, a kid, Davin. Yeah. Yeah. From Eastern PA. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, look that, that, uh, door being closed for the time being, uh, you know, I was looking at other places and, you know, I had asked you for, for help, you know, with, with your network and, and, you know, uh, looking around, we made two training videos at EA where we do all DK for free videos, which is hilarious, but, uh, so I sent those around Life's and, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so I sent those videos to as many schools as I could, you know, I, I think I put it on YouTube and just sent the link around. And uh, so I get to the end of the fall, my senior year, and I have two schools, um, Baldwin Wallace in Ohio, division three. They put, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're in the OAC with John Carroll, which is where my brother went and played for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Washington and Jefferson, which is in Washington, PA, about an hour from here, also Division Three. They play in the PAC, which is the Pennsylvania Athletic Conference. And uh, I was between those two. Um, Baldwin Wallace was first. WJ was second. And mm-hmm. you know, I went on visits to both. I wasn't super stoked about either of them. And yeah, but the thing was, is because I, all I really wanted to do was play in college. Like that was the that was where I went was contingent on that factor. Um, I was willing to just, you know, just deal with it. Go if I didn't like it that yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just want to play. And so um, I remember being very close to committing to Baldwin Wallace. Uh, I was, I was really, really close. And then uh, I pulled up this email. So I remember where I was when I got this email. And, and the funny thing about it is my mom was telling me, to keep reaching out to schools and to keep, you know, what about this school? Why don't you reach out to them? Like, cause I had teammates that had, were getting, you know, looks from other, other places and stuff. And 
I, was, I, I remember saying to my mom, I was like, mom, it's done. This is, this is it. I have these two schools and then that's, that's it. And so then I was standing in my uh, bathroom. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, go ahead. Hold go on. Ahead. Standing in my bathroom. Push pause. Yeah. I want to just throw out there real quick. Again, to give a little bit of context. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to everybody that's listening. Um, University of Pittsburgh men's soccer team right now is arguably one of the top college soccer teams in the country, if not the top soccer team. And they were, they finished the fall season ranked number one, obviously not that many, not as many teams were competing, but um, lost in the ACC championship final to Clemson. Uh, I mean, they're, they're the truth. They're legit. They're, you know, as elite as it gets, that was yeah. not the case in uh, yeah. 2013, 2014, around that time yeah. when I was there. Um, and that's not to knock or bash the, the staff that was there when I was on staff, but the program did not have a history of being uh, a winning program and moving from the Big East to the ACC, which they did right around that time, uh, didn't go so well for Pitt. And, uh, no. you know, so it was, it was not, that doesn't mean that we weren't trying to get the best talent in there and trying to get the most elite talent that we could because we knew we had to make up the ground. But that's just to give a little bit of backstory. And again, not to knock anything that's happening here, but because uh, I think it's, I think another really cool piece of your story is just how you were able to be there during that, the time yeah. where Pitt kind of went from, from that type of program to, moving towards the elite program that they are now. Okay. So you're in yeah. the bathroom. Go. Right. So I, I was in the bathroom. I was, I was just standing in there. I don't know. I, uh, I, so I looked down at my phone and uh, I have this email from you. It's from January 7th, 2014. And <laughs> it says, I don't know what the subject line is, but um, I'll, I'll just read it. Uh, it says, will our third GK uh, has, has withdrawn from school for personal reasons. <laughs> And uh, we will need a GK for next year's class. I think you might be a perfect fit. Here's the situation. And so um, there's no athletic scholarship available for this position. For this first year, you'll be evaluated semester by semester. Um, to continue to improve, we would invite you back to the team the following semester. The third GK's rule will be to push for first and second, likely redshirting, um, probably still bring in a keeper for 2015. Um, and then following the next year, we'll probably have to decide if four GKs is worth it you know, let me know what you think. And so in that moment, just blew everything up, you know? And uh, so Pitt was where I had wanted to be before. And I completely yeah. almost crossed it all. I mean, I did cross it off because right. I didn't think it was possible. And so then, I don't know, a couple of weeks go by and uh, I, you know, I talked to some people and it, it's so funny that thinking back to it, like the, the amount of people that told me, oh, you really want to do that? Like, why don't you want to go somewhere and you just, you know, go play? Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I get, I get the sentiment there, but yeah, I was like, this is, I mean, this is division one. This is the ACC. I mean, I, I could not have predicted that Pitt was going to end up where they are now, but I mean, and then going on my yeah. visit and then the facilities that they had at the time are still, I mean, even now they're so much better than they were then yeah. still. I mean, it was, it, I mean, it's, yeah that's it. Like, that's the, that's the big time. And, um, so, I mean, I, I contemplated it for a while, but I think I knew what, what I was going to do. And so then, uh, another, another funny part is I remember I, I verbally committed. I told you that I was going to come at, um, the green street, not in the bubble, but it was in the, the building up above. Uh, I think there was, it was where all the gear was. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. And so then that was, that was the, the decision. And then, so, you know, I had like my like signing day thing at, you know, in my high school and uh, mm-hmm. from there, it was just trying to figure out how to transition now from probably a, a club and a high school career that did not prepare me for uh, division one soccer. Yeah. And I felt that lack of preparation immediately, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going, because at the time what we did, and they don't do it this, this way anymore, but we had like a pre preseason where everybody would try to come and be on campus a week before preseason. Right. And that was like everyone getting to know each other. And I mean, being from as close as I am, I couldn't, I mean, there was, I mean, I was there on day one, you know, and like not a lot of guys were there on day one and I was the only keeper that was there. And I pretty much got thrown into like possession based stuff. And I'd never yeah. done that before, especially at that pace. And I remember I was, I was freaking out. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, it just, I felt <laughs> so out of my comfort zone. And I knew that was going to happen, but I just didn't know it was going to be mm-hmm. the extent that it was. And uh, there was some, there was some rough times. Like I was like, I was really second guessing myself for that first week or so. And I was, I was kind of freaking out. And then, you know, things started to settle once, like, I think Braden showed up and then Dan showed up next mm-hmm. and got into some keeper training and then real practice started. And then I finally got comfortable once we act like I was able to train, like I had just been doing, you know? And yeah. So, um, and then, well, what, where do we go from at what here? point? In, at what point, at what point in there did I, did I tell you that I was leaving? Because I know I'd kind of started that whole process with you and then, you know, I was That's going, I, I decided to leave that year. I was actually going to go try to play in India, which was the reason I stepped away from Pitt because I had an opportunity to play over there. Right. And that fell through, but I'd already stepped down from Pitt and I had, um, I was out of contract with the Riverhounds and it, it told them that I was leaving. So I was up in the air. So I, I decided to go try to find a way to play a little closer to where I grew up. So I went actually was going to play in, uh, for North Carolina FC. Well, I, then there were the Carolina mm-hmm. Railhawks, but. Mm-hmm. I was going to go for that year away so I kind of left you high and dry I think that was it would have been like July or August that you told yeah yeah July yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so then it you were there for the first like what four days of preseason I think it was a couple oh, days okay I think yeah, so because I, yeah, I remember that yeah yeah um it might have been like the first three days three four days and then mm-hmm. so yeah you left and then you know Ryan Hewling's steps in who yeah um well at the time he was on the pro team and Mm -hmm. he was an academy coach that I had had for two years I think yeah um and so I mean that was that was I I, you know a good thing I I was you know all for that because I I felt like he was a extension of you you know it was yeah the, the same the similar type of of coaching and training and um you know that was that staff was there for the next year and a half um and those you know that that whole time you know I didn't play as a freshman I redshirted as a freshman but I ended up getting to travel the entire year because the number two um he sprained his ankle and then when he came back from the ankle sprain he broke his wrist which was crazy um and so Mm -hmm. I traveled on a redshirt the entire season something I wasn't supposed to do which was super cool um I never I think played. You, I don't think director. there's any. I don't think there's anything. 
I don't think there's anything illegal about that. I think it just says it's a matter of declaring it. Like that, that just means they have to declare the oh, renter no. after the fact. Yeah, you know I just I mean, mean like, that. Yeah, no, no, no. You weren't supposed to like, as part of the plan. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to travel yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, that was just super cool getting to go to, you know, went to North yeah. Carolina, went to Duke, and uh, it was, I mean, the season itself wasn't super successful for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what, I mean, I think we won like two games maybe. And uh, then, you know, coming back around the sophomore year, um, same thing. Uh, yeah. Braden Horton, the number two, ended up transferring to Michigan. We brought in a freshman, uh, Michael Alcult. And so it was uh, myself, Dan, and Michael, and Dan Lind. Uh, former Riverhound was, you know, a senior at the time. And, you know, me being a sophomore that, you know, now I've settled in to pit. I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously you try to do everything you can to make yourself an option to get on the field, but I don't think anyone yeah. foresaw Dan losing his spot. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, that season was more of the same, uh, you know, training and trying to figure out, you know, where, where everything lies and like what, what the rest of my college years look like and stuff in terms of playing and stuff like that. And uh, I actually had a conversation that I think it was that year with, with Ryan Julings about potentially transferring um, because I wanted to play and uh, I ended up not doing it, which was good. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't think I took it very seriously. I was just kind of seeing what was what and what the thoughts were and, yeah, you know, different stuff like that. And, I think it's always so, good to have those conversations. Like, I, I think the more – because – and this is, like, a, a valuable point, I think, for a lot of college goalkeepers out there. Like, you're – if you're a number two or a number three or a number four, like, your coaches expect you to be having those thoughts. You know what I mean? They expect yeah. you to be entertaining the idea. Because if you're not, like – if it's not eating you up on the inside that you want to play – there's probably a problem. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you're a very realistic option if you did get to play. So uh, that would just be like, that's like a big, I think, thing to, to share and encourage other goalkeepers about if they're not playing. Like try to be as open and honest as you can with your coaching staff. And don't be afraid after the end of a season to walk in their office and say, hey, look, I don't, I don't necessarily want to leave. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to play. But, mm-hmm. you know, is transferring – is it smart? Is it a good idea? Would it be in my best interest? Because I think that most college coaching staffs are ultimately looking out for the best interests of their, the players on their team. And, and a lot of times that doesn't always mean staying in their program the whole time, as much as they might like right. to save that guy for one or two years at the end of this run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So where are we at now? Into the talking about transition. your conversation with Hewlings to yeah to transfer. oh yeah yeah yeah. so so yeah that I mean nothing came of that I mean I think it was just it was just a like you said it was just a conversation and um I want to I'm trying to think I, I want to say that was a shot like the fall of this of my sophomore year so that was the last semester mm-hmm. before the new staff came in and so we finished that season like I think we won four games uh and they were the first four games of the season and yeah and things, you know, went downhill from there a little bit. And so we had went, we went to Notre Dame. I think we'd just come back from Notre Dame. It was like, we drove through the night and we, I think we lost like 
five nothing or something like that. And yeah, uh, I remember that game actually. Yeah, and you know, Dan, Dan played during that game, and he was like waving to try and get them to put me on at the at the end because you know he was he wasn't feeling great I don't think at the time and I mean you know it, it is what it is at this point and so we come back and I think we had a meeting maybe two days later and that was when mm-hmm. uh Lux announced that he was retiring and so from there everything was in the out you know up in the air um you know we continued to train like normal but we didn't have any coaches like the entire staff yeah. was was gone and so that remainder of that fall season we met with a couple people um and then it was right before winter break that we met uh the current head coach Jay Vidovich and uh so yeah. you know he came into the locker room and and talked to us and it's really funny is thinking about it now our locker room was a mess and that was one of the first things when he came in was like you gotta you gotta you guys gotta figure this out like this is this locker room cannot look like this you gotta hold yourself to a higher standard it's gotta be professional and thinking about it now I remember him looking around and I was like what's he looking at and and it was it was like he was just he was just disgusted with how how our our locker room looked and if I would have walked in, if I walked into a locker room like that now, I'd be disgusted too. But I just, at the time, I just didn't know. You know, I just I was wasn't yeah. wasn't aware of something like that. And so, you know, he he comes in as head coach. Uh, the the assistants gradually get um, announced. Mike Bahonic being one of them, and then uh, Jeff Nagala. I, I hope that's how you pronounce his last name. He was at before you at UNC, and then Bahonic was Nagala, at State. Yeah, 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 and. Um, so then, yeah, so we come back and, you know, normally under, under the old staff, like coming back from winter break would be, you know, you're straight into like conditioning or, you know, we used to run the Manchester and if, if you know yeah. what the Manchester is, I'm sorry. But, uh, and then that was the plan. Like we were told by the strength staff that that's what we were going to do. And I mean, I remember that ruined my Christmas break because I, I was just like, I'm not fit. I'm not going to be fit. I'm not going to pass this test. It's going to be terrible. And then we come back and uh, Jay was like, no, we're not going to do that. And so, we kind of eased our way into training um, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of gradually were, you know, had, I mean, our, our, all of our lives were completely shaken up. You know, there were a lot of guys that, that could adapt. And then there were a lot of guys that weren't going to adapt as quickly. And, you know, I remember the first session with Bahonic and, and every time I see Michael, we talk about this, but we like, we couldn't catch a thing. And yeah. you know, it is the, the nerves of wanting to prove yourself again, but also yeah. being aware yeah. that like things are first impression. Right yeah. 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 And so, you know, you knew right away that this was, this was the real deal. And like, this was now a completely different thing. And like things all, everything was going to change. And uh, so that spring, you know, went along and I think that, you know, the transition from high school to Pitt initially was a big jump, but then yeah. the transition from the old staff to the, to the new staff, the current coaching staff was also a big jump for me. Uh because I, I think yeah. I think just tactically, um, and my soccer IQ wasn't where it should have been um, in order to to play for mm-hmm. you know like a Jay Vidovich and um, you know I I don't know what exactly I can attribute that to. Uh, I mean, I, it got better as I you know as time uh, went on, but it's not your. I, I think it's more of just a just to kind of the soccer culture and 
and where yeah. you grew up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not not too much that you can knock your yourself and your own experience for. Right. And I mean it's something that it feels almost like it's like what like what should I have been doing? Like why don't I why am I not able to keep up? And but I mean I, there's nothing that I could yeah. have done differently, I don't think, because I just didn't know. And luckily for me, mm. I was able to keep up in a sense that I was worth keeping around, but that still did not stop me from almost transferring again. Uh, that, that spring, that first spring that the new staff came in, I was under the impression that, uh, I don't know, maybe it'd just be easier if, you know, I transferred out and, and, and then mm-hmm. they, they can bring in their guys, you know? Uh, and so I had gone into the office and I, I said that I wanted to transfer. And I remember the reaction was pretty, the reaction surprised me um you know jay kind of said like oh like really like you you know are you are you sure and and then bahana calls me and he's like you know i heard and you know we'll help you you know we'll help you find a place you know whatever and so i kind of started that process and again i didn't know what i was doing uh i was i, I looked at some places and i realized that it's all, i mean it's so much work you have to like look at a mm-hmm. lot of different things and so uh, I remember, especially at that time in your career, you know, after being three yeah. years in school, I yeah, I mean, I was a, very, very difficult. Right, and I mean, you hear these these stories of other other teammates or players transferring, and then they get their credits don't transfer, and then you're you're stuck like as a you know 21 year old yeah. freshman or something, and like that weighs on you. And so that was a big consideration to make because that's not something that you can even know until you get yeah so far into the process. And uh, so I remember I had a, I had a list of schools and, you know, I, I had asked um, uh, Jay to look at it and he said, uh, yeah, I'll look at it, but I don't see Pitt on there. And I was like, what does that mean? And so I think what he was trying to tell me was that, he, he told me this later, was that, you know, I could have transferred and ended up in the same situation that I was in. You know, I could have been yeah. not playing. Um, and they, I mean, he, he told me, he's like, well, yeah. we're glad to have you here. Um, you know, there's, we're not, we're not telling you, you need to transfer. Like this is, this is you wanting to transfer. And, you know, we'll, if, if yeah. it doesn't, if you, if you end up not finding somewhere to go, you can stay like your spots here. And I think it was around spring break. I was like, this is just, I don't think this is the right, I, the, the right move. And so I decided to stay. And right. that decision there is probably one of the, probably the best decision I ever made because <laughs> I mean, going going from that point to my senior year, to the end of my senior year, I ended up playing a total of 12 minutes. I didn't play – I mean, that's just in the fall. I mean, I played a little bit here and there. And yeah. There. But, I mean, looking back at it, there's – I mean, I got so so much better just being in that environment and, uh, you know, being held to that high of a standard and getting that training every single day. And, like, my soccer IQ eventually caught up. Yeah. Um, and, and so that initial season, um, with the new staff, you know, we, we didn't win a ton. And I, I remember there was even some people were saying like, Oh, we're still not winning. And it's like, we're a year in, you know, it's, I never had a doubt that that, that environment was going to produce some big results. And I mean, you look at it now and that's exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was very fast. I mean, four years is still fast. And yeah. uh, so, you know, looking, going through those, 
that, that extra, that two and a half years from my sophomore year to my senior year, I, mean, I, I, I grew a ton as a player and as a person and, you know, I, I didn't play. And, you know, some people look at that and they're like, oh, why'd you, why'd you stay there? You know, you didn't, you didn't play at all. Isn't that the whole point? And like, I, I get that, but I mean, I think, and I think I, I probably feel good about it because of what happened after. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, I, I mean, I just learned so much in a lot of that, I think played into where I'm at as a coach too, you know, everything that I was able to learn there also. And being able to say that I was on, yeah. that I was a pit soccer player, you know, I, I it was all 100% worth it yeah so yeah. then what happened next so what happened in, after uh, i i i knew i had a redshirt year left um and going into the fall of uh my senior year i wasn't sure if i was going to want to use it or not because throughout this entire time i also found the weight room which is i mean a pit yeah. was, and i was always in the weight room and i knew that that was a thing that i will have after and uh, yeah. even there, there were parts of me where I was like, oh, I kind of just want to go do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really, you know, things, I, I mean, I still want to get on the field and it's not happening. And so it's almost like, well, do I want to do this for another year, you know? And uh, so going through the fall of my senior year, at some point I decided that I wanted to, to try and play somewhere else and try and play my, that last year. And so I, I think it was after practice one day it was right around my birthday it was in it was mid-november and i i talked to bahonic and uh you know we just had the conversation of you know i said you know i think i want to use my fifth year and i it's not going to be here um because i knew that there really wasn't an avenue for me to play in the next year and mm -hmm. I, I that was that was what i wanted i wanted to go somewhere i wanted to be the guy just that one time just that i had it and um so we had the conversation and, and i got my release the next day and and he was like, we'll help you, you know, talk to whoever. And I, I got my release for everywhere except the ACC. That's just like a pit thing. Yeah. And uh, not that I was looking to transfer with, within the ACC anyway. Um, and so then I, I started immediately. And the one thing about the transfer process that I did not know is that you have to move really, really fast because you don't have a lot mm -hmm. of time at all, especially at that time in November because it was November going yeah. into winter break and then – Right. The teams They're filling their recruiting classes. Exactly. And so um, I sent a bunch of emails to some like mid-level division one schools, division two schools, and a couple division three schools. And I got um, responses from Northern Kentucky and then Westchester University. Uh, Westchester, I kind of already had connections to because of Matty Evans, who used to work with us yeah. here at the Hounds. He played at Seton Hill. Um, he was a coach at Westchester at the time. I texted him, saw that they had maybe an opening, and I asked him what was going on, and then he put me in touch with the head coach. And so I was between those two, Northern Kentucky, Westchester. Mm -hmm. um, I went and visited Westchester in – it was right around Christmas. Um, just, you know, there was nobody there and uh, no, no student. It was really hard to get a good idea what was going on. Um, four hours away, you know, east side of Pennsylvania, met the coach, and – Initially, that was a um, was like, yeah, we have a spot, but there's there's no money. Um, Northern Kentucky talked on the phone briefly. I was gonna try and get a visit there, and ended up never happening. Um, yeah. They had a keeper that their starter the previous season won the Horizon League Keeper of the Year, and the, the coach said, I mean, that is room to compete, but I mean, to me, that didn't sound like yeah, same thing, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and so uh, I go visit Westchester, and then I get a call from the head coach, uh, Coach Ben, and he says, uh, hey, we found some money. I can offer you uh, $2,000 for, you know, scholarship for – and I think that's an important <laughs> thing to say, honestly, because I, I think people are so – they don't know what that, what that stuff looks like for, for scholarships yeah. in, terms of, in terms of playing. Yeah, nobody has a clue. Everyone thinks they're, they're going to get a know, big – 80%. Yeah, everyone thinks it's a full ride. Yeah. And it's, it's not. And so, uh, you know, I, I talked to some people, I talked to Bahanek, I, I told him about the situation. I, I talked to you and, um, you know, I knew Westchester was a national tournament team. I didn't know, you know, what the team mm-hmm. was going to look like. I mean, they were returning a lot of players. And so I decided on Westchester for, uh, that last year. And, yeah. um, you know, I, that's another thing is like, I, the difference in the divisions, I didn't know what to expect at all. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being at, at Pitt, being at this, you know, these really high standards, uh, I assumed that. And uh, just for everybody, Westchester is their division two. Division two in the PSAC. Yeah. Pennsylvania yeah. state athletic yeah. conference. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know if there's no, if you don't have any experience in another division and that that's something that's so I was thinking about this today is like the different, the, everyone looks at schools based on their division when in reality mm-hmm. that really doesn't matter at all. Like there is oh, a no. difference, but the difference, like the spectrum within each division is the same across sure. the board. And so, yeah. I mean, you could have, I'm not saying the top teams in division two would necessarily, you know, beat ACC teams more than they lose. I think they would compete though, you know, on, on, yeah. on some good sure. days. I mean, you see that with the Charleston, you see that with the Barry, yeah. you know, probably more, more than you did with the Westchester. And you'd, you'd admit to that too. I mean, just from yeah. the difference in the way they play and the way they approach the game tactically and, and all right. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I moved out to Westchester August 1st of 2018 and, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a, it was weird in the beginning, you know, we, we trained, <laughs> we had that pre preseason set up. We trained at, yeah local high school we had to jump over the fence to get to the high school field uh we weren't allowed on our field our field was locked and uh you know I was just meeting the team and uh you know it, it was it was pretty good I mean it was different it was definitely different and yeah uh, I I didn't know what to expect I had no idea what to what how it was going to be different if it was going to be you know close to the same very different and you know obviously it was and it was uh there were there were frustrating times for me off the off the jump, and sure. uh, it, it was it was difficult because you know being a four year player coming from the ACC, and then being that fifth year on this on this Westchester team is like I felt like I had a lot to to offer. You know, I thought I thought people were gonna yeah want to know. You know, I, I felt like I was already in a leadership position, and yeah, you've got all these secrets to soccer. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, and so and but it wasn't really. <laughs> I wasn't received that way by everybody initially. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there was, um, there was a moment where we were playing small sided at this high school field and uh, there wasn't a lot of defending going on and which, yeah. which kind of was, it was starting to eat at me, you know, and this is like the third yeah. day I'm there and there was like a pass play yeah. to the last guy back and he, he just dummied it to nobody and it, and it was just a tap in on my goal. And that yeah. was that was like the last straw, and I, I freaked out. And uh, everybody, everyone's looking at me like they saw goats. And I was like, "What? What? Like, let's just get on with it. Let's go." I was just tired of getting scored on, you know, giving up dumb goals. And uh, yeah, one of the underclassmen said, "You got to, you got to take it easy." And I was like, 
hang on. And, and so this is, that was kind of like the, <laughs> I was like, what, what's happening here? And, you know, eventually yeah. like things, things sorted themselves out, but I, I kind of had to make the decision to like, it's either I'm going to try and, and, and enact as much change as I can and be really, really frustrated, or I'll just worry about the things that I can worry about that I can control and just see yeah. where it goes. And that's what I kind of did. And, and I was still frustrated at times, but it wasn't nearly as much as I probably could have been. Yeah. Uh, you know, so going into, into preseason, you know, we had fitness tests to run, which didn't go well for me. I mean, I did all right, but um, it, it felt like that mattered almost. And I, I, I don't think it did. You know, and day one of preseason, we played small sided. I did not concede a single goal because I was, I was on one. Like, you know, I was, it is my last yeah. year. I got things to prove. And uh, I was, pl- I was playing really well in my opinion. And, you know, so we play our, our preseason games and, you know, I got the second half of both those games and I got kind of a weird vibe from that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, sure. And, and I said something about it in the second game and, you know, our coach was just like, Oh no, it's, you know, it just is what it is. I was like, okay. And so then game one of the season, uh, we're playing Jefferson college and there was no conversation leading up to the game. And yeah, you know, this is kind of what I meant. Like I'm, I'm not knocking anyone. This is just how it went. Yeah. Um, you know, we're sitting around the bench and our, our coaches, coach Ben's getting ready to read the lineup and I wasn't in it. And I was just like, oh, I, I like, I felt it coming, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, I, I'm like, I'm here to play. This is, this is it for me, you know? And I get yeah. that other people, other seniors, yeah, it might be it for them too. But I transferred for I could have hung it up. You know, I came yeah. here to play. And yeah. honestly, I think had the, had the conversation been there, I wouldn't have been as angry as I was. But there was nothing said at all about sure like what was no i get the that decision. listen no, yeah. the, i've played for i've played for and been around exceptional coaches and i've been around a lot of average coaches and honestly and coaches hear this for what you want but if you're if you're the kind of coach that avoids those conversations with your players to keep them in this sort of gray area where they don't know where they stand it will affect your team's performance mm-hmm. um being having honest transparent conversation with your players about exactly where you see them and exactly what you feel their role is will get better performance out of the guys on the field and it'll get better performance out of the guys that are on the bench and you won't have this growing group of dissenters yeah right that they're starting to resent the way that you're avoiding communication with them and that's 100 percent a personality thing a lot of coaches a lot of people don't like conflict. So they avoid those conversations and they just chalk it up to this is the way that I run my team. You got to get on with it. But listen, don't be that coach. You'll yeah. be a better coach by having this conversation. And even if you're not sure, you don't know, you can't tell the difference between Will in this situation and the other guy that was there. That's fine. Tell them that. And you don't have yeah. to bring them in and tell them together, but tell them that. And that was probably one of the best things that I loved about working for Bob Lilly for the rounds as hard as he is to work with and to play for he's an open book and he will tell everybody why they're not playing or why they are playing and where he sees them even if he's even if he is wrong and he'll say that I might be wrong but this is how I see it and I'm the coach yeah. go ahead yeah and so uh you know so we you know we opened the open the season with the I think we, we won one nothing and so you know nothing nothing's changing after that it's not like I'm playing the next game there's still nothing said to me at this point and um, 
I, I'd said something to, I think our, our keeper coach at the time, just, you know, what, what's the deal. And yeah. then eventually this conversation comes and it, it even then it, it kind of, I mean, the timing was gone, you know, obviously at that point, yeah. Having the conversation there is kind of pointless, and even the, the, what was mm-hmm. said in the conversation, I wasn't happy with because I didn't I didn't agree with it at all. Um, which obviously I'm not going to. But so then you yeah. know, we play another game and we lost. Third game of the season, I'm still not playing. Um, we're playing against Wilmington, and uh, you know I remember thinking to myself I'm like, oh, you know I don't, what do I do here? Like I could, like do I? I even thought I even thought about quitting and yeah. trying to transfer in. in save my year or something you know that ran yeah. that ran through my head and so yeah. I'm sitting on the bench and we're getting late into this game like 88th minute the the starting guy uh James his name is James Wood I'm, me and him were, were really tight by the way like there was never any beef with us yeah. at all like he's I, I yeah. you know we we're, were we're boys and so he goes down with a quad injury and I was I remember I was even zoned out because I was thinking I was like I was just plotting in my head like you know <laughs> and, and so I get the call like oh what so I go in and we end up playing like to, to 120 minutes. We tied. So from then on, except for senior day, I played the rest of the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that I could have found a reason to still not be happy and be like, oh, I, I didn't win it outright or whatever. But I never, there was never yeah. time to think about that. You know, it was just, yeah, let's, let's go. And so. That's just wasted energy. Would have been yeah, wasted energy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, we you know, move along and, you know, we're winning. And, and, and this, this Westchester team didn't know what losing was really. Like they had a freshman class that yeah. didn't lose a game. And, uh, yeah. they, I mean, it was different. It was different than Pitt. It was a different style. I mean, at Pitt, we were, I was always instructed to try to play out of the back. You know, we were always keeping the yeah. ball. Westchester was more so, let's get the ball off the field and deal with it there. But the defending on this team was incredible. I mean, like the, just the individual yeah. defenders were great. I mean, and I, I just said in the, in the post that I, I had the other day about the, the, the semifinal save, I mean, that was the closest thing to a 1v1 I saw the entire year. Like, I didn't have to make a yeah, lot of saves. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're winning. Uh, I think we – trying to remember the order of all these things that happened. And I guess I should go back and say, so before I transferred in the summer, I was playing a summer league game, and someone said to me uh, – they knew I was transferring to Westchester, and they said – Hey, you know the Division Two National Championship is going to be at Highmark Stadium this this year for this year. Yeah, and like I was, which is oh, Pittsburgh, cool. which is where the where the Pittsburgh Riverhounds play, which is where Will yeah. had coached and yeah trained there and, and all the way through. Yeah, yeah and so I, I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome, you know. I, and at the time, I'm like, that'd be sweet. You know, but I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not expecting yeah. to go to Westchester and play yeah. in a national championship and, or even make a goal of, Oh, we're going to win a national championship. I'm no. going to go play in Highmark no. Stadium. I mean, yeah, I knew, I knew we were a national tournament team, but I, you know, you can't, you can't think like that really. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, and so we get to, you know, the regular, well, especially going in, especially going transferring in, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it'd be yeah, one yeah. thing if you'd been there the whole time and you're like, our goal this year is national championship, but. Yeah. It's a little bit different yeah. in your situation. Right, right. And so we, uh, we're finishing up the season, and, and the team's goal was, was the PSAC tournament. That was, like, that was the team because they had lost the year before. That was what yeah. they wanted was the PSAC final. And, um, you know, so we end up winning the regular season. We're the first seed, so that means we host the, the PSAC tournament. 
Uh, I think we our record was 14, uh, one and three maybe to finish the regular mm -hmm. season. Um, we never allowed more than two goals in a game uh, the entire season. And we go into the PSAC tournament. We win the first game one nothing against East Stroudsburg. And then we're going into the final against Millersville, which we had beat uh, mm -hmm. the, in the regular season 2-1. And uh, that game, we go up one nothing. You know, and at that point, like, they were a very possession-based team. There are a couple teams like that in the PSAC, and they kept the ball the whole time. And so I, it was, it was kind of one of those things that I could just feel like, I was like, something bad's going to happen here if we don't yeah. figure out what's going on. And so I think it was a free kick, and then ball gets cleared. Everyone stays inside the 18, and one of our guys is staying on the post. I don't know what he was doing there. And he held everybody on side. The ball gets bounced around. Mm -hmm. It's a tap in 1-1. One, one, one. So we go into extra time. Very last second of, the, of extra time, we hit the crossbar, go into penalties. This is my first real-life penalty shootout I think I'd ever been in where it mattered. Um, yeah. and I was, I was feeling really good about it. Cause generally like I, I always thought I was good at penalties. Uh, and I, I didn't really feel like worried and like mm -hmm. very first one, I got smoked top left. And I was like, Oh, this is not going to, I don't know how this is going to go. So yeah. then we miss not, the next one on me goes top, right. And I was like, all right, these guys know what they're doing. They, like they train their penalties. And so there was maybe, I had a chance to save maybe two of them, but I went the wrong way and we ended up losing yeah. the penalties, lose the lose the, the PSAC final, which is what we wanted. Everyone's super demoralized, but we made the national tournament. And yeah. so I, there was even a, a vibe of like, no one wanted to play. Like this was what we were supposed to do. And we lost like the season's done. So we go to play Notre Dame college, um, which is uh, Ohio and right. uh, beat them three to two. Um, I, I like to think I made a guy miss the game time penalty towards the end. So then this game puts us, playing against the university of charleston which is like a top dog in division two historically yeah. um and that was the team that westchester had lost to the past two years in this same game in the sweet 16 mm -hmm. and so division two at the time was doing it was a regional championship they don't do regions anymore i think it's a super regional now or something or they put them together whatever so yeah. we're going to long island um to play uh, charleston in the in the sweet 16 and the, the one thing about, about the Westchester guys is, like, they – everyone knew what we were up against, but everyone was so good at acting like they didn't care. And that was such a good <laughs> it was, it was, it was awesome to be around because it – Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I think everyone was aware How of what silly. could happen. Yeah, what, what How was, silly, what you was, know? Yeah, yeah. What was likely to happen <laughs> – but no one was ever worried about it, which is, which is awesome. And so we go into this game. We're playing on this, this muddy grass yeah. that was chopped to pieces because there was a game played before. It's cold, hard mud. Um, and, and, you know, Charleston's trying to keep the ball, and they, they just can't. And so we, we yeah. ended up scoring like 10 minutes in. And, you know, it was like, you know, it was kind of like took a step back. I was like, all right, what's, what's going on here? So then, you know, yeah. we get to the half. It's still one nothing, And, the thing about Charleston is they never deviated from their game plan once. Their whole plan right. was to try to, to bait one of our backs and then slip it behind and go 1v1 with me. And, and they, mm -hmm. they tried it so many times, it never worked. They never tried anything different until the last 10 minutes. And by that point, we were you know, fully parked. Uh, and, and so we ended up seeing yeah. out this game. We win one nothing, and that's an Atlantic Regional Championship. And um, it, was, it was crazy because – 
mean, that, that felt like a national championship in itself. Like it was just, it was such a big yeah. win. And so after that, I think everybody kind of felt like we could do something big, you know, cause that was, that was the yeah. team we had to get past. And then that's probably a national tournament con- or a championship contender all the time. And so if that's, if we could beat one of them, then, you know, we, sure. we can do a lot more. We can do anything. Yeah. And so, you know, two days later, we go play at Delphi University, which was moved to Hofstra because the field that we played out was so beat up. Um, yeah. We end up going, you know, we go there, we win 2 nothing. That game sends us to Pittsburgh. And I remember uh, after the, the whistle blew, everyone's, you know, celebrating. And there was a song that was playing, and the lyrics were like, I just want to make my hometown proud. And I was like, man, I'm about to start crying on the field. And uh, it was just such a, such a weird moment. And, and I thought that was super <laughs> ironic at the time. And, uh, you know, obviously everybody's making their hometown proud, like, you know, winning the Elite yeah. Eight. But, you know, we were going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, like, that's, everyone was running to me. No, we're going home. And uh, it was just so surreal. Um, so then we had some time. We had, like, two weeks. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving was in between. And we, we were able to go home for four days or whatever. And, and, you know, I go home. I'm going through Shenley Park. And there's, like, banners for the Division Two festival which is what yeah. they do every four years in division two where they have a bunch of national championships all in one place yeah. and so at the time it was for us um men's women's soccer field hockey lacrosse maybe volleyball and then men's and women's cross country all all in pittsburgh at the same time and okay. uh on the fr- frozen tundra yeah. yeah 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 great great place to choose and uh <laughs> yeah so i come for thanksgiving we come back for volleyball a little bit yeah, well, they were inside of Duquesne. They, they, were, they were good, but yeah, yeah. the rest of us froze. And, uh, you know, we trained for a couple of days. And I remember I didn't even practice because I got hit really hard in uh, the Elite Eight game. I got crushed in the air, like blew up my quad. Like it was just a big bruise and I couldn't kick a ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, you know, we get on the bus to go to Pittsburgh. And uh, at the time, I was probably – the most stressed out I've ever been in my life. Like I felt at the time that I should be so much more excited. And just because yeah. of the stress, I wasn't. And this happened yeah. to me from the sweet 16. Sports will do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there was a point before the Adelphi game, which is the Elite Eight, that I was like, you know, my, my chest, my heart was pounding. Like I'm sweating. I remember I, I put my feet up on the wall before we uh, went outside and, but the second I crossed the line to play, it, it yeah. all disappeared. And that happened every single time. And, um, you know, going back home, I was, I was like, oh, I should be more excited. But I was just, I was just freaking out. And uh, <laughs> we had the, uh, the opening ceremony was at Topgolf, which is all the teams in, in all the sports, you know, all meet at Topgolf. They have like this, these awards for DPA or something. And then the next day we had, we got to train at Highmark. Um, I remember it snowed. It was covered in snow. That, mm-hmm. that day and um you know just did a little bit of stuff and then you know back at the hotel we're staying downtown across from the convention center and you know my my parents stopped by and like former teammates at Pitt stopped by and uh my aunt from California flew in and uh you know I'm telling everybody like hey like we're I'm playing for the semifinal yeah. uh Thursday and everybody's telling me you better win because I gotta work because it was <laughs> Thursday at, at 12 o'clock or something yeah, and I remember. I'm like, all right, I'll do my best. And uh, so we go into this game, and we're playing Cal Poly Pomona. Uh, they're ranked pretty high in the in the country. Very good team. Uh, like you know, probably, you know, and you know what's crazy? Like, quit real quick. Like, small world moment. Like, yeah, 
Ari Amon, who yeah, was at Pitt for these last couple of years, his dad is was a former goalkeeper coach. His dad, his uncle, mm-hmm. is assistant coach, goalkeeper coach for Cal Poly Pomona. So Mike Amon, who I know, who's Ari's dad, was there at the at the game, and I was chatting to him while you were playing about it's just this the whole small. It's just such a bizarre, crazy small yeah. world. But, sorry, go ahead. That is that is crazy. I found that out later after I met Ari. Um, because I, yeah. I had no idea at the time, and Ari told me that he almost, when he transferred from Penn State, he almost went to Cal Poly. And, uh, yeah. you know, so anyway, that day was, I think it was, it was like 40 degrees. It was miserable, you know, and uh, yeah. we're lining up to get our names announced, and my, my family was sitting at the very top of the bleachers, and they, they had these signs yeah. It spelled out my name, and they spelled it out backwards. It was like, it was supposed to say Willie, and then it was, <laughs> it was, it was wrong. Uh you know, at that point, I, I'm not, I wasn't really, I wasn't nervous anymore because I'm like, I'm already here. Um, yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever kind of happens, happens. And I mean, for me, I wanted to extend our stay because I knew if we lost, we're going home that night, but we could potentially yeah. stay. If, I think we went Tuesday, could stay till Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, this is my first time being home. I mean, I was home for the Seton Hill game, which is technically not home, but my first time being home in four months, I mean, prior to, you know, Thanksgiving right. and, uh, so we go into this game against Cal Poly and like, they were so good and their strikers were so fast and, you know, they kept the ball and it just, I, I remember thinking initially, I was like, this, we're not getting out of this game. Like they're, they're I mean, this team's yeah. sick. And then, you know, we kind of weathered it a little bit and what was it? I think it was zero, zero at halftime. And then we come back out, you know, it, it's the same thing. You know, still no real pressure because nothing's really happened yet. And um, then they score. And uh, they scored yeah. on a really good header. I mean, I couldn't really do much about it at all. It was like a header from the near post to the back post. It was, you know, I, I, I was close, didn't get there. And so then you're kind of thinking like, okay, like, is this, is this how it happens? You know, and, and that's the thing is like the, the resilience with the Westchester team. It's just, you know, no one, no one cared. No one cared. We conceded a goal, semifinal, no one cared. And so yeah. not even five minutes later, a freshman comes on and scores off the volley from 25 out to, to make it even. And then there, there's another, like, sense of, like, life there. And it's, it, it, you yeah. really could feel it, you know. And then, you know, full-time, we go into the locker room, or I don't even know if we went to the locker room. And, again, I, I don't even remember what the, what the feeling was, but it wasn't anything in particular. Like, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of – Yeah, just – you guys were just there. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like, a baseline, like, normal feeling. And – you know, we come out, and I remember uh, we're, I was facing – I'm facing the supporters section, so the building for Highmark's behind me. I was on that side. And uh, I turned around, and Ruth and Oscar were behind me, like right behind me behind the goal. These two guys I played at with Pitt, both keepers. And uh, I, looked, I looked at them, and I, I think the look on my face was like, isn't this some shit, you know? And uh, <laughs> so minutes later, they get a corner. Ball gets popped up. I go grab it. Easy. And I'm kind of slowing it down a little bit. I just go off the punt, like the side volley punt. I went to hit it straight. And honestly, I completely mishit it and sent it like across the field to the left. And it goes right to our left winger who's just by himself. Dribbles down the field. <laughs> Worked out so well for me. Dribbles down the field, you know, like fights off two guys, sees our center mid behind him, lays it off to him. And our center mid, and I think about this all the time, Dan Grinrod, and this happens to be the same kid who at the very beginning of the season told me that I needed to chill out yeah he he plays a dime 
to our striker at the near post goal. And I just took off. Like, I don't even remember covering the 80 yards to the, to the corner flag. Yeah. But you know, everyone's going wild. And it's just like, that felt like the, like, again, the national championship again for the second time. And I was, I remember being on the field forever. You know, all my friends and family are down at the, at the bottom of the bleachers. And it's like, we're, we're going to the national championship. Like this is, this is wild. And, uh, so eventually I get off the field and you know, it's like, what, what now? And, uh, you know, we go back to the hotel and everyone's just riding this high and it, it was great. And so then two days later is, is the final. And so I'm telling everybody, I'm like, Hey, we won. So now you don't have an excuse. You got to get here. And so I think that day, similar weather, you know, it was terrible outside. We're playing against Barry university in the final. Um, I, th- I would, I would venture to say that a, 40% of the crowd was there for me, maybe more. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was super cool. And, you know, going, going into this game, the whistle blows and then even more people come in, like the entire Westchester women's team came, the field yeah. hockey team was playing in the national uh, championship across the river. They came and uh, you know, all the people from Westchester are right there to my right. And, you know, that game was, very similar to Cal Poly, you know, it was, they were very good. They kept the ball. Yeah. I mean, this is it, you know, like this is, it, it, it's almost, it was different. Like losing in the semifinal is different than for say losing in the, in the championship or winning, you know, I, I don't know what about yeah. it, is yeah, different, yeah. but, um, and so, you know, very similar kind of run of the, of the play, you know, they, we, they had a lot of the ball, but we still had right. opportunities. We yeah, or dangerous scored. on the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we scored in the in the first half, went up one nothing, and and I I think that might have been more detrimental to us than it was helpful because that's sure. just not kind of the team that I think we were. I mean, there were times when we we did score early and hold on, like in Charleston, but yeah, at that time I just think it was different just because of the circumstances. And I mean, that was a it was a good goal. It was off a corner. We always scored off corners and, and crosses and set pieces and stuff and. So we go into the into the locker room and everyone's losing it. And like guys, are, everyone everyone thinks that they have the thing to say. Like everyone's like, I, "Listen to yeah. me. I know what we need to do." And I'm just sitting there like, "I just need a minute to myself. Like we just gotta just relax for a second. Like we're gonna go back out there and do the same yeah. thing. Like just everybody, you know, chill out." So finally, we go back out and I remember saying to Coach Ben, "I was like, look, I'm I'm gonna waste as much time as I can. That was my thing the entire season." Uh, was just taking my time on goal kicks and, and dribbling into the corners and standing there waiting for people to press me and stuff. And you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, do what you can, but you know, don't do anything stupid. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I, I was so confident at the time. And then the momentum shifted and I think everyone in the stadium could feel it. Oh yeah. And I remember it was, you know, they're coming at us and probably well, was, like, probably like 10, 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes in the second half. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt and like they were going to score. It was very similar to the PSAC final. It was, you know, and I, I'm even thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, we got to get a handle on this or something bad's going to happen. And so then I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, there was a cross that comes in, and I went for it. And uh, I didn't catch it. I decided to try and punch it, and it goes straight to, to one of the Barry players. And then it pulls me out even more because I got to go. And yeah. uh, ball gets cycled back around, and I drop in, 
and I probably could have been a little deeper. And it just skims off the, the cross. The ball's crossed back in, skims off the attacker's head, and goes over, like loops over my head. And uh, I recently just watched this video again. And, and looking back at it, I mean, it was just kind of like a freak thing. Like it, what, he didn't do it on purpose. Uh, yeah. I think it was just it was hitting a good place. And, and you know, that's one one. With, we were 13 minutes away, I think, from from just mm -hmm. seeing it out. And one one with that amount of time, and it was like, I mean, I don't think everyone was shook, shaken up for sure, but I don't think anyone had felt defeated yet yeah. um and then not four minutes later they get a free kick at the top of the box off you know on the right side and I, again i i probably should have forced them over the wall and i kind of played it a little bit more to the middle and tried to because i thought i didn't want them to go over the wall at the time because it was, it was wet um I, I mean thinking back at it it's it probably the wrong thing, <laughs> you know? and so then whistle blows and this guy just wraps it around the wall into the far post side panel and I dove and it was out of reach and uh that's 2-1 and at that point you could see it in everyone's face it's like we just this is it you know yeah. and so you know in the aftermath of that losing in a national championship was was something that never ever came across my mind because one I never thought that I'd end up in that game and two yeah. even if I did end up there I figured it just never came across my head that people lose. Like there's a loser in the national championship, you know? Yeah. And, and the weirdest part of it, I think, is, in, is like with college, you really – like you have four, maybe five years to even attempt to put yourself into that situation. Um, yeah. Like in the, at the professional level, I mean, yeah, not everyone plays pro. It's really hard to play pro. But you don't run out of eligibility in the in, – in yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and so yeah. that that's something that it's like. There's a time limit, there, and there's a time gone. limit yeah. on every on every pro player's career. They've got to get, you know, someone's got to be interested in resigning them. But at the same time, there's yeah. if you're good enough, you can do it as long as somebody tells you you can't. Because that kind of takes us through your whole college playing career, which is really cool. Because that I think that's yeah. the that's what I think people really need to hear and want to hear because you're. Yeah, you know, it's just such an it's just incredibly valuable experience for for especially high school age goalkeepers to hear just about like uh, you know the idea that you can I mean if you have one don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do yeah and two if you want something work hard for it and and doors will open do you know what I mean yeah. if if you get in your yeah. if you get in your head that you can you want to do something who cares how many people tell you you can't keep doing it until until either you do it or it's just impossible and you found out that it's impossible right don't leave that, that don't actually. leave that opportunity hanging yeah uh, to clarify i mean i i, I assume people know this by now but like i'm only five seven like that's a that's a, a detail that we yeah, left I think out that's an important an important one to put in maybe we'll flash that on the screen or something yeah that should be like periodically yeah because <laughs> uh that's a whole other thing and but I think the reason I don't mention it is because no one ever made it a factor for me. Uh, yeah. Like no one ever said like, Hey, you're five, seven, like you gotta, you gotta find something else to do. You know, there was no, yeah. never a time oh, they said it came up. They said it when you weren't around. Right, right, right. And I, the <laughs> only, the only time that was ever, there was even close to that was it was another coach in, it was a college coach in Pittsburgh. I won't say who, but he, he said something to me about being too short. And I mean, I ended up not, it doesn't matter now, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, 
don't know. It was never a thing. It was never a problem. And sure, I think my life would have been way easier if I was maybe six inches taller, but it didn't, sure. it's not going to prevent me from doing it at all. Yeah. I think that's a cool, I know that's such a cool message. Um, I do want to talk about real quick uh, before we go. Um, I also want to talk about coaching a little bit because, um, you know, after college you went on, uh, you came back and you coached within our academy, kind of took on the assistant director of goalkeeping. Mm-hmm. So, um, joined the staff at Virginia Tech and went down there for a little while and it was during this crazy COVID stuff and uh, ended up deciding to come back here to Pittsburgh. Um, can you kind of, well, before that, because cause you coached, like, because I, I I was bad about it. You know me. I was always looking for labor. So well, I had the guys that were on the team at Pitt coming out to help. I had Dan, Lindsay, Braden yeah. coaching in the goalkeeper academy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then so when you were, in, yeah. so as soon as you got to college and I was back in town, I was like, hey, Will, you want to come coach? Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of, you know, notorious for doing that with college goalkeepers around town. But uh, what, when did it feel like for you that, because no, almost nobody says no to that because you're, you know, it's whatever you want to call it, money for extracurricular activities when you're in college. Um, right. But when did it actually, when did you actually feel like through doing all that, that you actually like liked coaching and thought maybe you would do coaching in some, you know, former fashion after you were done playing well so I was actually coaching before um that all that started with like coaching with the Riverhounds Academy there was a so within my club team my coaches also coached another age group that was uh three or four years younger than me maybe more than that and um they had Mm -hmm. a keeper um his name is Jackson, and uh, he actually went on to be a punter at Slippery Rock. Yeah, kicker, I, so. I know Jackson. Jackson used to – he was the second oh, coach. Right, right, right. yeah, he, he came around. Right, he did the exactly. goalkeeper academy after you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, at the time, asked me to – because we practiced back-to-back, and so they would just say, hey, can you come early work with Jackson? And then, and then yeah. him and I used to train together whenever we had a keeper coach. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I was working with him. Um, for It was a couple of years I worked with him just kind of one-on-one. And then um, when I got to Pitt, you know, I started in that, I think it was was probably the fall, like right after the season ended. And, you know, in the beginning it was, I don't know if I ever wanted, like there was never a time where I was like, I want to coach, you know, just kind of was like, I'm still around soccer. Um, You know, it's, it doesn't feel like I'm working uh, and I'm getting paid pretty well for it. And so, you know, it just, I mean, I had, I had like two other jobs. Uh, I worked at King's restaurant and Dick's sporting goods before and, uh, didn't love those jobs. And then I was like, well, this is yeah. like, I mean, this is, <laughs> this pays well and this is fun. And, uh, yeah. so then it just kind of like continued to be my job. And then I, I started, you know, here and there, I do other sessions and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think, also at the time in, in school, like at Pitt, I didn't know what I was doing. I was undecided for the first year and a half. And yeah, uh, I, I think looking, I mean, at, now I know I have a good idea what I should have done, but uh, I <laughs> no, know it works that way. Coach. That's how it works for yeah, everyone. You know, yeah, that's how it is. But so that, but then once I decided, uh, I, I chose political science, which again, don't know why, don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> I, I kind of ra- like rationalized from that, I'll be a, a social studies teacher because I'm already coaching, yeah. coaching, teaching, same thing. 
um, yeah. just different, you know, content basically. And so then it was like, I, I'm, I was still coaching. I coached all through Pitt, you know, all up until I left for Westchester. Um, I coached when I was in Westchester. I did a couple, like I had a couple of private sessions that I, I figured out and um, I don't know. I kind of just, I, I figured around that in that last year that, that in this order after college was over, what I was going to do, the first thing I was going to do was try and play pro. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of tried that and it didn't really, I think I was just done with it. I mean, and, yeah. And, and, and too, like I want interge- to interject too. They're like, tried a little bit you know what i mean like you yeah you, i didn't really try that had hard. you ha, had you exhausted it to the degree that a lot of guys will exhaust it yeah you know who really want to do it? i think you're mature about your process you definitely had you kept knocking on doors especially in the going the indoor route you know it would have yeah you got some interest there and i think that would have yeah. happened had you really sold out but you know i think you're you like we'll find out here in a minute with the virginia tech thing i think you're just a little more mature than a lot of others your age and you just didn't want to be in a situation where it was just going to be a miserable living experience yeah you know I mean? yeah and, yeah and terrible yeah. no no financial resources I mean I, I went through all that for you know 10 12 years of my life and you yeah. know I didn't I didn't have to I did it because I was wanted to so you know right. I, I think that's just being mature about your life and the direction you want to go yeah. and actually having a plan yeah and uh, you know I there was you know, I went to the, you know, the Riverhounds trial and I, I had a trial with the Harrisburg Heat, which is major league arena soccer. And that was, I mean, had no desire to play indoor soccer after yeah. that. Yeah. It's uh, tough. Yeah. Yeah. It wow. Uh, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was in Harrisburg. You guys should wear hockey goalie uh, equipment. Texas. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was just, a, it's a different sport. It's not the same thing. And yeah. But anyway, so uh, I, that was what that was, I was going to try and do play, play pro soccer kind of got through that whole thing and I was like this isn't really this isn't really it and then um I was like well I still have lifting I still have fitness and then it was like CrossFit and all that different stuff and so th- I mean that's obviously what I do now and then I was like I can continue to coach and then you know I, there was the, the a, option to do collegiate coaching and yeah the thing was with that is this was after I moved home from Westchester so right after I came home I accepted the job as assistant director of goalkeeping because I knew I was coming yeah. home. I knew I was going to come back to coach. That position was there. It was a no-brainer. Um, and so yeah. then also, you know, maybe I'll start looking at, at personal training. Um, it was actually right before I moved home from Westchester that I decided to get certified to be a personal trainer. And then I came yeah. home and started studying for that immediately. Um, right. You know, so I'm assistant director of goalkeeping. And then it was around, what was it, December, I think. I was in, in my garage where I lived. And uh, I got a call from Ryan Hewling, who – and it feels mm-hmm. like he was at Virginia Tech way more recently than he was. It was a while ago now. Um, yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's been two, two coaches in between him and me. And so Ryan yeah. Hewlings, uh, who I've mentioned, was at Virginia Tech uh, as the volunteer assistant um, in what, 2016, 17, probably around there? Because I was there with, I was there with yeah. Pitt and he was there. Um, yeah. And so he calls me and he's just like, hey, like, you know, VTech has an opening. Is this something you'd be interested in? And um, he actually called me the, the year before that. And I was, I was trying, I was going to Westchester. Um, so I was like, Oh yeah, like that's, that's interesting. Right. You know, I'll, I'll see what that's about. And, and the thing about this is with college coaching is I knew because of the coaching staff that I had. And I mean, the network that I have 
I mean, all I really would have had to do was, you know, you know, reach out to Bahonic and say, Hey, I want to get into the game. Like, can you point me in the right direction? Cause I knew he would have helped me out. Yeah. And, but I, the thing was, is I wasn't fully yeah. committed to the idea of doing it. And he's it the yet. most connected guy in college right. soccer. Right. Right. And so I hadn't decided that that was what I wanted to do yet. So I, I never really made that call. And then this thing kind of just fell into my lap and I was like, well, this is, this is Virginia tech. This is the ACC, you know, this is uh it's a good opportunity. And, you know, I got on the, on the phone with the head coach and, you know, we, we talked some things out and so I decided to just go for it and just see, see what's what. And so this was uh, January of this year. I, I moved down there late January. Um, I was there for two months and because of the pandemic, I came home in March and, yeah. uh, you know, I just got a glimpse into what college soccer coaching was like, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, it, it, yeah. Just in different, different areas. I mean, training was great. Being at training was, was what I look forward to, you know, working with those keepers. And um, I didn't have a lot of time to really make a huge impact. I don't think. Um, Cause you know, yeah. we're in the eight hour week for the first, yeah. I think eight weeks that I was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really even have the guys that often, but, um, you know, and then the, the, there's the office, which wasn't super crazy about uh, just doing yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, the, obviously the pandemic happened. So I come home in March, but I'm still on the staff. And so the plan at the mm-hmm. time, because we didn't know, we didn't know this was going to continue to happen, was to go uh, back and forth for camps uh, throughout the summer. And um Honestly, I didn't really. Which was, which was, which as a volunteer assistant, that's a big part of your compensation, right? Yeah. Relying on yeah. camp income and. Yeah, that, that would have without been without that happening. That would have been big. Yeah, actually, uh, that would have been a lot of a lot of money for me. But at the same time, before that, even I wasn't crazy about Blacksburg, Virginia. No offense to anybody that's lived there or likes it there. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. It was. It, yeah. it, it's such a, and I didn't know where it was. Like, going there, I never thought about where it was in relation to anything else i assume that uva and vtech were close they're not they're five hours away from each other and yeah you know vtech is on the like the western most point of virginia and so it's not near anything like the closest major city is knoxville tennessee which is like four hours away and yeah you know the thing with blacksburg is blacksburg is like penn state it's like a college town where like the people there go to virginia tech or they're like retired and have families like there's no like post-grad demographic right. there, which is what I would have fallen right. into and so that was kind of rough and um so I mean I don't know at the you know coming home and being home and then like you know starting to coach again and then I come home and it's like well I have all this time I might as well start martial fitness and so then I actually started doing real stuff with martial fitness you know I was certified I got certified yeah. to be a personal trainer months before and um so, you know, we, we moved through the summer and I'm still doing martial fitness stuff. And I get to the August, we still don't know what the ACC is going to do. And uh, they finally make the call. I think it was like August 3rd or something that they're going to try to have a season and only play mm-hmm. like eight games. And when that kind of came about and then I was thinking about it, I was like, I'm just, I don't want to go back. And, uh, you know, I was already so in deep with martial fitness. And then I, it just yeah. it still felt so uncertain, you know, and I decided to not go back there and so then I've been here sure. since and I've been you know back coaching with the Riverhounds and you know Marshall Fitness since has become an LLC and I have all this different stuff and yeah. I have an online online fitness business and so um that wasn't necessarily me shutting the door on college soccer 
Uh, I just think for now, it's just not it, it, going back being a volunteer in this yeah. and age is just yeah, difficult. it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. College soccer, college, as a goalkeeper coach, uh, there's a there will always be a lot of jobs available because uh, most college soccer programs want a goalkeeper coach on staff. Uh, but the problem with that is you're typically the, the low man on the totem pole. Oftentimes it's uh, a volunteer assistant, especially if you're younger. Uh, and even when you get to be like a guy like my age, if I were to, you know, shift gears again and wanted to get back into college coaching, I'm looking at a, a pretty major, you know, pay cut and ways, creative ways to, you know, have an, you know, supplement the income and, and, and do yeah. all that. So that's not to say that it's not a great career path. You know what I mean? But it, it's a challenging career path and something that somebody really wants to do, um, especially if you, as you get older and you, you start to measure that with having a family and those sort of things, you have to really start to figure yeah. that out. It's, it's not all that different for being a professional coach, uh, especially at the USL level or, um, you know, MLS, obviously, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to get an opportunity to be an MLS goalkeeper coach, that's great too. But then, you know, with all of this, there are no guarantees about how you're, how long you're going to be anywhere for any amount of time. So, you know, we've talked before too about having a podcast at some point about, you know, what, what does it look like when you move on from something or decide to stop or decide to retire or decide to get out of coaching or your playing career is just over and you had, you weren't prepared for it. Like that, that's a big part of all of this and, and it's something that we will spend a lot of time talking about, I think probably in 2021, maybe yeah. we'll do a couple podcasts about that stuff. Um, but you know, for me, I'm just so happy that will selfishly so happy that will came back in town and timeline worked perfectly for me kind of having this idea about starting GK for free and, um, you're getting to work alongside him with that, you know, for free, which he does every single yeah. time. Uh, you know, that's so super cool to you. And I know you've gotten into martial fitness, um, talk real yeah. quick, just about, um, kind of your thoughts on on martial fitness this goalkeeping uh program that you developed how that what that is how it works who would it be beneficial for and um kind of how you came ab about you know you know the, the idea for it yeah uh so i had the idea a couple of months ago and martial fitness per se isn't really geared towards goalkeepers specifically um mm -hmm. in terms of just the business uh i mean i i work with you know the general population and right but because of my background and what i'm currently i'm still involved in, in soccer and goalkeeping um you know i just kind of figured like why not mix the two because i've been running this 50 50 split for a long time now with you know working out fitness and stuff and then also soccer and yep. coaching and goalkeeping and all that yep. and so i decided to kind of just cross paths with the two and, and see if I could put something together and you know also kind of keeping up with, with life right now and you know who knows if gyms are going to close again or if people have access to yeah. outside and so the the program is it's body weight only and I mean you could benefit from having a pull-up bar you don't absolutely need one and so I wrote it um in three tiers it's a beginner intermediate and advanced and it's each tier has eight weeks uh, worth of workouts. The first beginner and intermediate are three days a week and advanced is four days a week. And the uh, movements themselves, again, all body weight, and they're all 
designed to kind of help any keeper build strength, but also build explosiveness and power um, by just using themselves. And I mean, think about it in the game, that's all you have. You're not going to be pulling dumbbells or using bands or anything like that. I mean, you right. got to figure out how to jump off of your own two feet. And so the thing with that is um, I actually had a couple, a couple guys that are currently playing pro reach out to me about it and ask me, Oh, like your, your post said, you know, 10 years old at college, like, is, is it still worth yeah. for me? And I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, I just did that for marketing purposes that, to, to, you know, cause I don't have a lot of professional sure. keeper followers, but yeah, because of the way the program was designed, um, Hugo, he actually, I think he got to my Instagram from, from your Instagram. I don't know what his last name is him. And then, uh, John Hollinger, uh, those two guys. Okay. Cool. And, um, but I mean, I said, like, I was like, look, like, your ability to jump as far as you can is not going to change, you know, based on, I mean, as you get older, you can just try to jump further and then that's always going to be beneficial. You're not going to hit like a max limit there, especially, yeah. I mean, anything body weight, your body weight stays the same and it's always going to be there as a stimulus. So you might as well use it to, to get better, especially if you got nothing else. And so, right. um, yeah, I just put that out there yesterday. And, uh, I mean, I, it's gotten some interest in me. It's going to take some more marketing to do, but, uh, sure. This is um, a, this is a, you know, an, an offering, an offshoot based on what you already do. And, right. um, I'm excited about it. I, I think we already talked a little bit, maybe trying to get, um, a couple of our Academy goalkeepers on it and tracking their progress yeah. and seeing how that goes. I think that'd be, could be valuable for them and for, for you, mm -hmm. um, I just think it's super cool and it's really affordable too um yeah did you price it like 25 bucks 20, something like 25 that? yeah and, and that's a, that's the thing about it is it's, for it's, an eight week for an eight week program that you can use for your entire life at any point you know minimum, if you've got eight yeah. weeks here yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's and that's it, pretty valuable yeah i mean and if you use it progression wise and you start a beginner and go to advanced that's 24 weeks yeah so yeah, yeah. i gotta throw my dis our gk for free proclaim our disclaimer in there though saying that uh mm. yeah TK for free, everything, all our content will always be free, but you know, Will, Will's martial fitness is his own business and this is how he makes his living. And so for him to come on here and promote what I think is awesome and a really valuable product and the fact that it costs $24.99, uh, I got no problem doing that because I think, uh, sure it's not free, but, um, we'll call it a, uh, partner of GK for free, not necessarily. Hey, at the same time, all the videos of the movements are on my YouTube page for free. Yeah, it's for free. Yeah, so there you go. Itself. Boom. Yeah, yeah. So the program yeah. itself is a different thing, but all the all the movements are out there. Yeah, and if they sent you a hundred messages and asked you for each one of them, DMing you, you would probably at some point give them all that information. I would guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can DM me anything. I'll, I'll answer any questions. <laughs> So. Yeah. Well, cool. Awesome, man. Um, well, this has been our longest uh, yeah, recording. Um, Blue you know what? If that's okay, if it, if anybody deserves to have the longest recording that we've had so far, it's you. <laughs> uh, you know, I appreciate what you've done. You know, in my life, you've uh, like I said, we've known each other for a long time. I've gotten to kind of sit alongside as you kind of made these different stops on your journey and, and go through all these different things. And it's been really cool to be, uh, to get to see all that. So 
Um, glad we got to really go into the detail of your whole experience because I think there's yeah, people out there deep. that can. I think there's a lot of goalkeepers out there that can get um, can get some value out of hearing your story. Uh, yeah. So, looking forward to sharing it, sharing it, and seeing you know what we can do with it. And then again, this program too. I think that's going to be super valuable. Um, yeah, because not too many have not too many have talked about you know strength training specific to goalkeeping i think it's just sort of a big sort of question mark out there even no, at the yeah, professional not, level not really so, out there. yeah yeah so maybe you could maybe you'll become a uh, contracted goalkeeping fitness specialist get flown all over the world to the yeah. top clubs like that guy that's the throw-in coach that'd be awesome I mean, <laughs> hey we'll, we'll see just keep plugging away on instagram i guess we'll see what happens yeah we'll see what happens absolutely yeah do we do we find out how to pronounce it? Is it yeah, that name yet? Is it, yeah, is no, I still don't know if it's Aviata or Aviata. Sorry, yeah. guys. I think it might be Aviata, but I've always said Aviata. So AviataSports.com. Yeah. Those are our good friends, our partners who help to make uh, help us with uh, generating the qu the quality content and supply us with gloves and uh, balls and equipment, which we're going to be including in all of our videos coming up. Uh, I'm in a quarantine yeah. right now because I was exposed. Oh, so that's right. That's right. I was uh, just gonna say we're, we're gonna, gonna be get out there with our new stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So wait. it's been a little bit of time since we've had any content, up, but um, new content, but that's coming. So bear with us. Yeah. Uh, we need to put out a tutorial for phase three one v ones, because that was our last podcast. But mm. uh, enough mm -hmm. of that. Thank you guys here. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling away. If yeah, you're listening, there we go. our our so my my socials on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok are at Hunt Gilstrap. Um, Will, what what what's yours? You're not on TikTok, but you have Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, Instagram it's uh, at Will Marshall One. Facebook Will Marshall. YouTube Will Marshall. Uh, that's it. I am on TikTok now. Actually, uh, I don't know what it is Ooh. though because I don't really use it that much. I was trying. I was gonna start posting all the stuff that's on Instagram on TikTok, but it's it's a whole new world. So I'm, I'm going to see you what can. happens there. It's not that complicated. We can talk about that outside. Yeah. Outside of this. Yeah. We might have to do that. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of attention on, on TikTok right now. But yeah, uh, like I said, we'll figure it out. Hey yeah. guys, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending uh, some of your very valuable time with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast um, and learn, learning all about Will and his really yeah. uh, awesome journey. Thanks um, if you made it this far. And ha happy. Yeah, thanks for if you made it this far. We're, and again, we're happy. And thank you, Will, for sharing your story. And thanks for being part of GK for free. Of course. Uh, and we will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the GK for free podcast. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks.